verse 1, it says, It is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for man to utter. What I want to preach about tonight is I want to preach about uh, counterfeit spirituality. And, and what we're going to do, we're going to talk about a lot of weird stuff tonight. Okay, there, you know, there's a lot of weird, and often whenever you call people out on some really weird thing that they're into, often what they will do is they will pull a word from the Bible that is definitely in the Bible, and they kind of apply it to what they do, making it like what they do is actually in the Bible. The problem is these things don't resemble each other at all. So, you know, and so if a person, some, some psychic can come along, you know, I have visions all the time. If visions are in the Bible, well, I still think you're demonic. You know, and it's like an out-of-body experience. Therefore, astral projection is in fact a real thing. And, you know, let's just admit it, some of that stuff gets our curiosity, doesn't it? Where we get any ideas like that? I mean, you know, it's not like they don't do that in movies and things like that, and make it like it's all real and science and all that. As we see similar things in the Bible and the same words being used in the Bible that some of these weird occult people are using today, Christians often try to legitimize it. And we gotta watch, we got to watch out for that. In the Bible like Paul's out-of-body experience. Because first off, we don't even know if it was an out-of-body experience. It could have just been a vision. But he also may have really went there. Paul didn't really know. He said, God knows. So the thing is, I mean, you know, Pastor Tommy, do you think those stories are true about people when they flatlined and how they hovered above their bed and they could see the doctors working on themselves? And, you know, the, you've heard those stories too about people. They flatlined and they went and above the hospital... There was like a sign on top of the roof that you couldn't see from the ground and they saw it and they knew it was there and then later they got brought back to their body and then, you know, they knew what was up there. I mean, Pastor Tommy, do you think that stuff is real? Do you think that could have happened? It could have happened. But here's the problem with that. I mean, yes, we see things in the Bible. You know, we see that Elisha, when his servant went to Naaman the Syrian, when he came back, Elisha knew what he had done because his spirit went with him. But, you know, so we see things like that in the Bible. So you could try to make some comparisons and we can act like there's something to it. And then here's the problem. We start looking into how we can do this stuff. Well, we see Paul's out-of-body experience. I wonder how, I wonder if I could figure out how to do that. Well, here's the problem. We don't have any instructions in the Bible. So you know where people end up going? They go to weirdos. They start going to things that are often of the occult. We'll say more about that in a little bit. But we just got to admit, we don't understand all these things, do we? But let's admit it, they are interesting. Okay? That, it's interesting stuff. You guys would rather hear me talk about weird stuff from the Bible tonight than let me talk about you know, being a good husband or a good Christian. Uh, you know, we, you know, we, we'd rather have this. But uh, you know, here's what we got to understand. There is no shortage out there of weird religions cults and, and and many of them participate in a lot of weird types of what we could call spiritualism and some of it is completely fake 100 percent fake there's no reality to it all but there's some of it that i believe is completely demonic and so the danger of a lot of these things 
is that the words they use for what they do are words that we find in the Bible. And so people who don't know their Bibles very well, they often kind of let their guard down and they think, well, maybe there is something to this stuff. Maybe these things are okay because they're using words like visions and revelations and that's in the Bible. I mean, they're using words, they're saying spiritual, they're saying meditate, they're saying all these things that are in the Bible. And so when you start challenging people who get caught up in these weird things, if you try to tell them what they're doing is fake and, and demonic, they always want to go to a, to a scripture and they'll use some of these weird words like trance. Okay, we see trance in the Bible a couple times too. We see Paul going to a trance. We see Peter going to a trance. Okay, how many's ever went to a trance before? Don't raise your hand. Okay, but uh, you know, it's pretty cool some of the stuff they saw when they went into a trance. Well, let's just admit it. I want to go into trance. Okay, <laughs> but you know, how, how am I going to do that? I don't have instructions for it in the Bible, so I'm going to have to go find some weirdo out there using something that's probably of the devil. And you know, unless you you want to do this stuff, we see curse in the Bible too. I want to learn how to put curses on people. You know, we shouldn't do that, but you know, we, we feel that way sometimes. And you, you can take any, pretty much any common practice from Satanism, from witchcraft, you know, or any weird religion, and you can pull a verse out of the Bible somewhere that has something similar that's mentioned, and then you can pretend the Bible backs it up. And so some of the words that people use are some words that are out there that are in the Bible that often people will use as an excuse to get caught up in weird things are words like trance. We see that word. We see in the spirit. That's a term, isn't it? In the spirits in the Bible. Shouldn't we be in the spirit? The problem is we've got to let the Bible define it. But you know what many of you are doing? You're letting the Pentecostals define it and, or the charismaniacs or the camp meeting people. And now you think being in the spirit means running around the building, you know, slinging your you know, suit coat around. Yeah. I don't know if that's what we're seeing in the Bible. We see words like meditation. We see the word tongues used in the Bible. Curse, devils, angels, spirits, visions, dreams. And I'm sure there's many other things that we see like that. And so we see those things in the Bible and we often get intrigued. But the problem is the Bible doesn't tell us how to make these things happen. But often people go looking for ways to make these things happen. And they end up getting caught up in things that are not of God whatsoever, that are many times demonic, and we got to watch out for that. So here's what we've got to understand about Satan. This is a very important thing we should always remember about Satan, and that is Satan is a counterfeiter. Satan's a counterfeiter. He copies things. Okay? He tries to make them similar. He's not going to just make up new words. Okay. Most people today, if a Christian wants to get caught up in some really weird stuff like astral projection, they're probably not going to call it astral projection. They're probably going to call it something that's a little more biblical sounding to deceive you into thinking, you know, they'll, they'll call it, I don't know what they call it, out of the bodyism, because Paul said, you know, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. They'll come up with something that sounds projection. They'll say, I was in the spirit. And I was in your house. I heard what you were saying about me. <laughs> Run away from anybody that does that. That's just creepy. That's weird. But 2 Corinthians eleven twelve says, But what I do, that I will do, that if I may cut off occasion from them, which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we. For such are false apostles. Okay? So there's real apostles, but there's also false apostles. Deceitful workers. Okay? If they're deceitful, that means there's going to be things about it that look real. 
Not everything that's satanic is, you know, you know, black ma- or dark makeup, you know, looking like a zombie, you know, long pointy fingernails, you know, satanic symbols. That's not going to deceive anybody. You all understand that? If some, if the devil's going to send somebody in here to deceive you, he's not going to be dressed up like Marilyn Manson. Okay? That won't deceive you. Okay? It's going to actually be deceitful. And then it says transforming themselves. Okay, So if it's transforming, it means it's looking like something that it is not. Transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. That's why we can't be surprised when preachers who claim a lot of good doctrine turn out to be absolute frauds and phonies. They're not going to come in preaching work salvation. They're going to come in preaching a clear gospel. But then they're going to throw in some leaven. That's the way they always work. It says, and no marvel. Don't be shocked by this. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their work. So we can't be, mar- we can't be marvel at this stuff. This is how Satan works. And he's going to transform himself. He's going to deceive. He's going to look like he's doing good. His ministers are going to seem like they're doing good. He's going to put them out there as ministers of righteousness. And so we've got a, Satan is a copycat. Satan is a counterfeiter. We've got a Messiah. We've got a Christ. And you know what else we've got? We've got an Antichrist. We've got a false Messiah that's going to come one of these days. I think he's going to have a false forerunner like John the Baptist, what the Bible calls the false prophet. What's he doing? He's copying everything. Satan copies everything that Jesus does, but it's never the same. There's always major differences, but there's going to be those similarities. Why? Because he's trying to deceive people. When the Antichrist comes on the scene, he's not going to look like a devil. He's going to look like a good guy. Why? Because he's going to deceive people. He's going to come saying a lot of good things. A lot of us, when the Antichrist first comes on the scene, it's very possible we might like a lot of things he said. He might even say things like, make America great again. You know, He might say, abolish the IRS. I mean, that's how it's going to get me. But at the same time, you know, we can't be surprised when all of a sudden you start looking and seeing what's going on and it's really, really bad. That's the way Satan works. He's a counterfeiter. We could, paint, we could preach a whole message just on the counterfeit Christ that is going to be coming to the world. And so one of the things that just frustrates me more than anything is when you're just having a conversation with a person and, and you run into these people out souling all the time who, you know, they don't know very much Bible at all. They've read only enough Bible to know that words like, you know, meditations in there, uh, trances in there. Uh, herb yielding seed is in there. You know, they, they know that these words and these phrases are mentioned in the Bible. And so all of a sudden now they use it to say God's for all these things. And they have no clue what the context is. Just no clue about what the Bible actually teaches on that stuff. But you know, they heard the word because they watched an internet video. Some goofball on the internet trying to encourage these people to get caught in all these weird things. You know, I mean, I think smoking pot. It helps you just relax and meditates you and just, you know, clears your mind. And so you can be open to the spiritual things of God. And, you know, you take this drug and it puts you into a trance. And, you know, that, that's what Peter was doing on the roof. I mean, I, I don't understand this. I've never smoked pot. But I remember I used to work with a guy that he used to, and I, he used to go up on the roof at McDonald's and pass out up there from getting high. And he never got fired for it. I never understood that. I was like, why is he not getting fired for this? But, you know, apparently, 
That's something a lot of people do. They just go up somewhere. Maybe that's what Peter was doing. You know? Bible doesn't mention it, you know, because they, they whitewash those things out of the Bible. But he was up there smoking pot, you know, went into a trance. God showed him some stuff. You know, that's why I do these things. I mean, people go that far and say weird things like that. Peter went in a trance. Paul went in a trance. Paul had an odd about experience. And they, so they do. They know enough Bible to know certain words are in there because they watch an internet video, but they've never actually studied the Bible. They never actually read it. And so people constantly will take words from the Bible and then they will apply. A, and listen to this. When you take a word from the Bible, you can't just apply the modern definition to that word every time. Because this is what people do. Because often the modern definition does not resemble what the Bible was actually talking about. And so that's not what the Bible describes. The, the, the Bible describes them being much shorter than that. But now all of a sudden, at the same time, somebody tells them, well, that's 300 feet. You know, because in, I think it's in Amos, it says they're like the cedars. And cedars are about 300 feet. You know, and instead of just saying, well, they're like the cedars that stand out amongst the forest, you know, and giants stand out amongst the people, you know, they do, they just apply these things. And so giants, according to the book of Enoch, equals 300 feet. And the Bible mentions giants too. The Bible also mentions Enoch. Therefore, 300-foot giants were real. Wrong. That is absolutely 100% wrong. That does not resemble the giants that we see in the Bible. Well, yes, it does, because they said, children of Israel said, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. Oh, really? It just wasn't them just being freaked out. It wasn't them just having lack of faith. They, this is the type of things they do. They'll see unicorn in the Bible. I, I, I heard a guy one time, he's like, you know, Bible mentions unicorn. He's like, I think it's a horse with a horn coming out of its head. Well, I don't know. If we know for sure what that unicorn was. Okay? Because first off, you know, we, the Bible, while it mentions the unicorn, it does not give a description anywhere. We know that it talks about the strength that's in that horn of the unicorn. And so that's why a lot of people think of a rhinoceros because that's known for being a very strong animal that's got a single horn. I mean, that seems to make more sense with the animals that are around today. I mean, it could have been something like that, but at the end of the day, we don't really know. But then, all of a sudden, to act like there's these flying horses with horns out of their head to have rainbows come out of their backside, all of a sudden now, you know, because that's the modern definition. Sorry, that's not what the Bible teaches. That's not there. You know, and we'll see. And so people, they, they come across these things. I, I heard the, the same preacher one time talking about, I think it's in Isaiah, it mentions a satyr, S-A-T-Y-R, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, which is like a half man, half goat in Greek mythology. And so because the Bible uses that word, and because in today's, you know, terminology that we've got from Greek mythology, it's a half man, half goat, all of a sudden now, half men and half goats were real. And you know what it does say in Genesis, talked about all flesh was corrupted. Turns out those angels, they were messing with all kinds of animals too. And apparently, you know, those were even around in Isaiah's day. And folks, that's just stupid. We, we have got to stop doing stuff like that with the Bible. It irritates the snot out of me. And people do it with the type of things we're going to be talking about tonight. So what do we do when we come across different things that are out there, different practices that use biblical words. Okay? What are you going to do when that person comes along and they're talking about some weird thing that they're into, about weird trances that they go into or whatever, and they're using Bible words to try to legitimize it 
How do we not get deceived by that? So the first thing we need to do before you ever, especially if you're going to participate in any of this stuff, is check out the beliefs of whoever is promoting these things. Okay? Check out the beliefs. For example, too, like many Christians today are even practicing things like yoga. Okay? Now, just a little bit of study of yoga should freak out a little bit. Okay? Yoga, uh, which it means a, um, a yoking or a union. Okay? It, now, this is the definition I read. It includes physical exercise. We see bodily exercise mentioned in the Bible, don't we? Bodily exercise, or physical exercise, meditation, and spirituality. Now, what could be wrong with that? I mean, in his law, doth he meditate day and night. Here's the thing. Are yoga people meditating on the law of God? When they're doing their little chants, are they chanting the Bible? No, they're not. There's no, but they use the same words, don't they? You know, spirituality. Okay. Uh, yeah, that is, it's a Bible word. So, you know, it's a group of physical, mental, and spiritual practices or disciplines that originated in ancient India. Yoga is one of the six orthodox philosophical schools of Hinduism. Right, now, here's the thing about Hinduism. Hinduism has like a gazillion gods in it, doesn't it? Everything's a god in Hinduism. So if you have some kind of religion where everything's a god and everything is all connected and everything's one and everything's okay, then why wouldn't they try to incorporate a little bit from every religion? It would make sense that you would want to use, you know, biblical language to promote what you're doing to try to deceive people. And again, you know, I got nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, trying to stretch and get in shape and, you know, some of that stuff. But folks, you know, when you start doing practices, I mean, I, I don't, how does chanting help you physically? You know, how does all that other stuff, how, do, how does holding your hands like this or whatever they do help you? Well, you know, it connects, I don't know, I don't even, I don't even know the lingo that they use to get you connected with your inner self. I don't know if I want to get too connected with my inner self. You know, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You know, I do want to get connected with the Holy Spirit. And I don't see anything in the Bible where they sat down with their legs crossed weird, arms up, um, you know, doing the weird, um, you know, doing all that stuff that they do. That's weird. I, when I was at my dad's church, uh, there was a, the, the hotel that's right by the church there, and it was owned by a Hindu guy. And um, he had this weird, like, crawl space basement. I remember seeing it one time because we had thought about buying the building from him. And anyway, came to the church one morning and a semi had gone off the road right in front of the building, almost hit the building, went through and it hit the tree right by the hotel. When I got, it was early in the morning when I got there and like everybody in the hotel was outside and they're all looking at everything. He creamed that tree, almost ran to the hotel. But anyway, we were out there for a little bit and then all of a sudden the hotel owner comes out and He's just kind of like, what happened? You know, he, he had no idea anything happened. It literally woke everybody else in the hotel up except for him. And he was like, yeah, I was downstairs in my, he's like, I was in my basement meditating. And I was just like, I remember thinking, well, everybody else was sleeping. It wasn't like that far away where he was. And I remember thinking, that dude was probably in a trance. <laughs> you know, cause there was no, they were into really weird things. They used to have this one guy that was out there all the time that wore like this real long, bright orange, like dress thing. There was, they were some kind of weird Hindu, but, um, anyway, you know, he meditating, that sounds good, but let me tell you, I don't want to do the kind of meditating he was doing. I don't know what it was exactly. I'm not looking into that stuff too much, but e either way, 
We've got to understand, if these things come from these weird, false religions, it's probably not good. I don't care what words they use. They can use words like spirituality. They can use words like meditation all they want. That's not the kind of thing I want. It'd be one thing if I saw them meditating on the law of God. I think if they were meditating on the law of God, they would probably practice the law of God. And you know what? There's churches that literally, and this is weird too, there's churches today that have like aerobics classes that have yoga. I mean, they literally are doing it in churches. Women come to the church in their yoga pants and they literally do yoga in the church. I think that is so wrong on so many levels, even if it's not yoga. You don't need to do aerobics in the church. And ladies, don't come to church in your yoga pants, all right? That's not appropriate either. But yet, these kind of things are very popular, and Christians get caught up into it, and then they do. They act like, well, I'm just, you know, it helps me spiritually. It helps me meditate. It helps me do all these things. But you know what? I'm not going to the heathen for that kind of help. These aren't the kind of people, you know, the whole point of meditating on the law of God, the whole point of being spiritual is becoming more Christ-like. How many of these people going into these things are you seeing become more Christ-like? It's not happening. So guess what? I'm out. I'm staying away from that stuff. And so there's many cultures too who believe in forms of ass right there too. The knowledge that comes from God is not a hidden knowledge. It's something that we should be sharing with everybody. If you got to go to some guru somewhere, and if you got to go through all these things and initiations like secret, these secret societies, better. That's what they try. That's what they try to say that they're doing. But they've got all this hidden knowledge, folks. That's not of God. I don't care what biblical terms they're using. I don't care what things they're claiming. Oh, what we do, you know, it connects back to Saint Peter and all this. No, no, it doesn't. No, they're using these names to suck you in. They're using these words to suck you in because if you don't know your Bible very well, you've only been in church enough to just hear these words being used. All of a sudden, wait, I can trust these people. I heard my pastor use that word. Oh, they said St. Peter's connected to this. You know, they said, they said you know, uh, you know, this uh, astral projection, they learned how to do it from, a, from the key of Solomon. Well, Solomon's in the Bible. But the, listen, folks, don't read the key of Solomon. You know, these, are, these are satanic occult books. They are from the occult. And these are not things Christians should be getting caught up into. But you know, why would the occult have a book called something like the Key of Solomon? Why would it do that? Because it's going to get our attention, isn't it? Because wait a minute, we know Solomon. And here's the thing about it too. Even if the Key of Solomon was 100% legit, don't we remember Solomon got caught up in some pretty bad practices? Didn't Solomon start to uh, worship many strange gods because of his strange wives that he had. So, you know, there's a good chance Solomon might have wrote some stuff. I don't think they did because I, I forgot when that book came out. I think it's a total fraud. But even if it was written by the hand of Solomon himself, we should stay away from it because it would obviously be something that he wrote when he was not right with God. I've heard some Jews say that that's how they moved those massive stones to build the temple. You know, where they say the temple is, there's these massive stones there. They have no idea how they got them there. And some say it's because Solomon, he was very into the occult and he had all this wisdom and he learned how to control all these demonic spirits and things and he used them to move these things. Hey, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, you know what? If that's what he's doing, we shouldn't be messing with that stuff. But people will. They, 
They get sucked in, especially, again, I don't think most of you would get sucked into something like that. I think we know better. But people who just don't know their Bible very well and know these names, all of a sudden, hey, that means something. That, that says something. We've got to watch out for that. So, but the astral projection said it, it is, and says in here, it assumes the existence of a soul called an astral body that is separate from the physical body and capable of traveling outside it throughout the universe. Well, you know what? The Bible does say to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So we do have a soul. So it sounds like these people are on the same page with us, aren't they? Well, let me ask you, where in the Bible do we see them telling us how to do these things and how to make our soul go places? Okay, I wish I could travel the universe in my astral body. That would be awesome. But, you know, folks, you can't do it. If I could figure it out, I could find out for sure if the earth's really flat or not, because I go fly up there on the moon and see. But, <laughs> folks, you can't do that stuff. I don't know. I see him doing it in the Bible. I've got to figure out how to do it. Well, you know what? I dare you to go look. I don't dare you to go look. Please don't go look. I promise whoever you find that's going to teach you how to do that is going to be some weirdo that, that does not believe on Christ, that does not believe the Bible, and it's going and, and it goes somewhere in your mind. Listen, I've read, I've read Bill Schnoblin's book where he talks about some of the trips that he went on in his head after taking some of the stuff that he took. Let me tell you, I'm staying away from all that stuff. It doesn't sound like any place that I want to go, but people get caught up in these things. And so this idea I'm going to promote in the 19th century theophysis, uh, and it is uh, sometimes reported in association with dreams. We see that in the Bible. And forms of meditation. So see that in the Bible. Some individuals have reported hypnotic means, including self-hypnosis. Okay, there is no scientific evidence that there is consciousness whose embodied functions are separate from normal neural activity and that one can consciously leave the body and make observations and probably want to stay away from it. Okay, just mark it down. You probably want to stay away from it. And the thing is, too, you go on Wikipedia, it'll start showing references to all the different cultures that talk about this and you know what one of the things you'll see too the apostle paul well now we know there's something to it no no stay away from it so um so always check out the beliefs of whoever is promoting these things always check, always check that okay so how about that word trance look what it says in acts 22:17. acts 22:17. And it came to pass that when I was coming into Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in it hurting me. So this is the Apostle Paul talking about when he went to a trance. In Acts 10, in verse 9, it says, On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh into the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour, and he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth. Wherein were all manner of priests, neither of them were trying to go into a trance. It just happened. Okay? And folks, I'm not, I'm not up here saying dreams, visions, all these things. I, I, I believe God can still do something like that. I, I really, out of jealousy, but, he, but either way, okay, either way, we never see them trying to do these things. We don't see them trying to induce it. We don't see them trying to take drugs for it. It just happened. Okay? It just happened. And so... Always compare it with the Bible. You need to jump all about it. You know, something, you know, that happens all the time because it's just fresh in your mind. But no, sometimes 
you know, God definitely did these things in the Bible. And I'm not going to say he'll never do it again. I won't go that far. But at the same time, we never see anybody in the Bible when they went to a trance trying to make it happen. It just happened. God did it because God had a message for him. And so uh, in, in, in Paul's out-of-body experience, he specifically said he didn't know if it was in the body or out of the body. He didn't do that. Okay? And I do. I'll admit it. I would love to get caught up into the third heaven. Some people think it happened when Paul got stoned and almost died. If that's what I have to go through to get it, I'd rather not. But if, you know, if the Lord just wants to, you know, while I'm asleep tonight, you know, take me up there, give me a look, let me remember it, that'd be pretty cool. All right. Um, it's probably not going to happen. I've had some pretty cool dreams before that, you know, but at the, at the same time, uh, I'm not going to, you know, where would I go to figure out how to make that happen? I do. I, I want to get caught up in the third heaven tonight. I'll, I'll admit it. Who wants to get caught up in the third heaven tonight? Without getting stoned. And I mean with rocks. <laughs> if, if you go get stoned, you might go somewhere. <laughs> uh, okay. But again, how would we do that? Okay. Re- reading our Bible, how are we going to make that happen? There's nothing, in the Bi- there's nothing in the Bible that tells us how to do this. So you know what? If I want to do it bad enough, I'm going to have to go to outside sources. And the, the truth is, what am I doing as a Bible-believing Christian going to stuff outside the Bible to try to get spiritual revelation? This is what God has given us to reveal the things that He wants us to know. But I want to know more. I want to know what those things that were not lawful to be uttered. I want to know what those unspeakable things were. I do want to know that. But if the Bible doesn't tell us, then you know what? i, I got to just be content with that. And i got to say, you know what? I'll have to find out when I, when I just get there myself. We'll find out eventually. I, I want to know, but I'm content with waiting because I'm not going to take a chance at what's going to happen if I go find some weirdo out there that gets me caught up in who knows what, that gives me who knows what, you know, to make me see weird things. There's, there's dangerous stuff out there. So, um, look at, so go to Ephesians chapter 5. So, compare the practices. Compare their definition of the word. Somebody wants to talk about giants, that's fine. But make sure their definition lines up with the Bible. Always check that. If they're talking about their meditation, let it line up with what we see in the Bible. Not with a, not with a new definition of it. Okay? We, we can't do that. So the third thing is we need to consider the fruit of it. Okay? Consider the fruit. What are these practices producing in people's lives? And Ephesians uh, chapter 5, I need, I need to turn over there. In verse 18, it says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So, we're specifically told, don't be drunk with wine. Okay. Now, I've heard, you know, getting drunk makes people feel pretty good for a little while. But here in the Bible, the Bible says not to do that. And then it also says, but to be filled with the Spirit. I want to be in the Spirit. How do I be in the Spirit? Well, it says right here, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You know how we get in the Spirit as God's people today? We go to the Scriptures. We read the Bible. We sing the songs. Those things are supposed to put you in the Spirit. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just not getting it. I'm not feeling it, Pastor Tommy. I haven't, been, I haven't passed out one time. Well, who said that's in the being in the Spirit? I get it. We call that getting slain in the Spirit today. But where is that in the Bible? Where do we see Him making people pass out in the Bible? We don't see that. 
Well, I, at the camp meeting, they said in the spirit is when the ladies start screaming and the guys start running. But, and, 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 you know, and that usually gets conjured up by the spiritual songs, you know, and everybody, and it gets on, right? But at the same time, is that what we see in the Bible? Uh, it, it, it needs to resemble what we see in the Bible. So the problem is people are accepting a definition of in the spirit that does not resemble what we see in the Bible. And so it's like, I'm not just wanting to start feeling closer to the Lord. Are you supposed, are you just trying, are we just trying to feel happy and uh, feel joy in our hearts? Cause I get those things when we, when we're singing, I get those things when we come to church or do we have a kind of getting filled with the spirit that makes you do nothing once you leave here? What's going on in the candies where they get filled with the spirit and are just more critical towards soul winning because that's too easy. Believism one, two, three, repeat after me it actually produces good fruit. But what do we see? What do we see in the camp meeting crowd? It doesn't seem to be of God. But if you need drugs to make something spiritual happen, you know what? It's not of the Holy Spirit. We don't ever see them taking any kind of drugs to bring on the Holy Spirit. In fact, it specifies drawing people closer to God. Or farther away. Look what it says in verse 17. In verse 17, it says, right before that passage we read, it says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Hey, we need to actually know the Bible enough to know what God wants from us, to know what God expects, to know what God sees, to know is it God's will that I get caught up in some practice like this. I really want to go into that third heaven. I really want to figure out how to have the out-of-body experience. I want to learn how to astral project. I promise to use good things for good things. I'll do it to go spy on the enemies and, uh, you know, report bad people to the police. I'll use it all for good things, like on all the movies where all the spiritualists use their gifts to help the cops and all that. They've got all those shows out there. I'm going to use it for all good purposes. But you know what? Is it God's will that you get caught up in some group that's going to have you on drugs? Is it God's will for you to get caught up with some group that does not believe on Christ, that serves other gods, that, you know, that's drunk with wine or drugs or whatever? No, we know those things aren't God's will. We know it's not God's will. We, it might be our will to have these powers to do these things, but what we are being told we will have to do in order to receive that power, we know is not of God. So you know what we just have to conclude is, you know what? These are things that are false. These are counterfeits. Of the devil, I'm going to stay away from it. You know, I do. And I get, I get being stressed. I get being, you know, uh, you know, said the pressures of life can be very difficult. But you know what? We've got to learn how to rest in the Lord. We've got to learn how to meditate biblically and not keep going to the world's sources. Do we really think the drugs and alcohol are helping people? Folks, I, I haven't seen pot help anybody yet. I'm not seeing it make anybody a better person. I've not seen it improve people's health. I'm not seeing alcohol improve anybody's life. These are the things people are going to. Yet we, but you know what I do see is people get dependent on these things all the time. We don't want that. So why would I go and listen to a group that's out there that is dependent on drugs, that's life's a wreck, that's destroying their health? I'm not listening to those people. You know, we got to figure out what God's will is on these things. And unfortunately, many people are going to all the wrong things. And so the, the main positive fruit people claim when it comes to these type of things is they'll say, well, this makes me feel good. That's why I like that music. That's why I, I go kind of like they're taking a fruit 
to make themselves wise. But again, the Bible says the heart is deceitful. Obsessed with the spiritual world and demonology, they often end up becoming freaks. I don't know if you've ever known these people who specialize in this stuff. I've known some preachers who do a lot of preaching on this subject. They've written books on this subject. And you know what most of, pretty much all of them have in common? They're all freaks. And you know what else they all have too? They all have stories of freaky stuff. I won't even repeat some of the stories that I've heard just because I don't want to be on record repeating stories that probably are just completely phony themselves. But I have, I've heard weird stories. And I think you're getting way too caught up in some of this stuff. You know what? There's some things we just need to stay away from. There's some things we're better off just not knowing. And when it comes to demonology and things like that, um, weird that we see in the Bible that somebody could take and use as an excuse to get caught up in weird stuff. Ezekiel chapter 8 and verse 1 says, And it came to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, and the fifth day of the month, as I sat in mine house, and the elders of Judah sat before me, that the hand of the Lord God fell there upon me, that I beheld, and lo, a likeness of the appearance of fire. From the appearance of his loins and downward fire, and from his loins even upward, is the appearance of the brightness as the color of amber. And he put forth the form of an hand, and took me by a lock of mine head, and the Spirit lifted me up between the earth and heaven, and brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the inner gate that looketh toward the north, where was the seat of the image of jealousy, which provoked the jealousy. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel was there, according to the vision that I saw in the plain. Now that's pretty cool right there. The form of a hand comes, grabs him by the hair, and lifts him up. Okay? Now, seems like that would hurt, but uh, you know, at the same time, he was in the spirit. The astral body has no weight. <laughs> you know, that's how he's able to do this. And so he got lifted between the heaven and earth. All right, so does that just mean he was flying through the earth? Or you could say, too, he was in between heaven and earth. He was in the spiritual world, in the nether world, in the, I don't know what all the terms are for that stuff. And so while he is spiritually in these places in vision, this is basically, we could claim, an out-of-body experience. So an angel came and grabbed his astral body and pulled it from his physical body and takes him and he sees all these amazing things. All right? Now, so what do you think this is all about? Honestly, I really don't know. Okay? I, I really don't know. I really believe this happened. I believe an angel came and did this. I believe an angel has the ability to do that. But you know what I don't see? I don't see Ezekiel calling for this angel to come do this for him. Okay? I hope tonight an angel comes and grabs my astral body and takes me places and shows me cool stuff. But it's probably not going to happen. And I'm not going to pray to an angel to have him do it. I'm not going to pray to God to send an angel to do it. I mean, if it's God's will and he wants to do something like that, that would be fantastic. Okay? I probably wouldn't be able to tell anybody because you wouldn't believe me uh, if he did it. But I'll be the first one to admit it. I would love it if it happened to me. But again, Ezekiel didn't go looking for this, did he? It just happened to him. It was something that just happened. And you know, there's no teaching anywhere in the Bible on how to make these things come upon. It did come upon men like Ezekiel to give him his word that Ezekiel could go turn around and give to all of us. So when God would do these things, it wasn't so they could have some private information and some insight 
to glorify themselves. Even the Apostle Paul, he's, he, when he's telling the story, he's kind of telling it like it's somebody else because he didn't want to glory in it. He didn't want to look like he was something special. But what is it we see on the movies too? Oh, you know, I have this gift. Our very first service we had, I talked to, a, there was a guy who came and visited the church, very first service. I went and visited him that week and was talking to him and he started telling me how when he was a kid he had this gift and he could just see you and he would know if you like had some really bad sin in your life. And as a kid, he would often just go up to people and start telling them about terrible things that they did. And it would freak them out. And then one day he got into a car wreck and he flatlined and they brought him back. And ever since he got brought back, he's lost his gift and can't do that stuff anymore. And I was just like, okay, you know. <laughs> and he never came and visited again. And I wasn't real disappointed. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're weird. And I've had all kinds of people tell me stories like that. Who was with me the other day? I think it was when we were in Freeport and there was that lady. Maybe she told, uh, she said she can see people's auras and know all these things about them. And then she like, was it you, Alex? And she said all these things about me. You know, yeah, I was in Rockford. She just like started telling me all these things about myself and everything was wrong. <laughs> I mean, literally everything she said about me was dead wrong. And she was like, even speaking in generalities and things. And, you know, I will say most of what she was saying about me, though, it was it was actually a little bit flattering. And I wish it was true, but it just wasn't. You know, and but I did have a good aura, she said. But, you know, so a lot of this stuff is just frauds. You know, a lot of these people watching too many weird movies and things, but they do that to glorify themselves. She was talking about people come there all the time and talk to her and, you know, and, you know, they get wisdom from her and all these things. And she was one, she was just talking to us and trying to win us. We just, we had to get out of there. It was just too weird. She wasn't listening to anything we said, but you know, we said, you know, God used these people. God gave them these things so they could share it with everybody. I want it for my own benefit. Don't I? I want the thrill. I want to see the signs. I, I want to have these images and things in my head. I want to have the superpowers. Okay? I grew up watching superhero movies too. I want superpowers. But I'm probably not going to get any. Okay? Not until I get my glorified body. And then, then we're going to have fun. But anyway, but the fact we have the Word of God today, and while I won't go as far as saying you know, that God never will speak in any of these ways again, you know, I will say that it was, it was always rare. And it's probably going to be even more rare now just because the Word of God is everywhere. You know, so... But just the main thing, don't be fooled by you know, weird practices that are out there that use Bible words to describe themselves, that claim Bible characters to try to legitimize what they do. We need to, you know, we need to be narrow-minded as Christians, and I've heard it said this way, we need to be about this narrow-minded. You know, this, is, this is where we get our thinking from. This is where we get our practices from. And you know, there's a lot of things the Bible talks about. I wish it said a little more about it. I really wish it did. And you know what? We all, we all want to know more about that stuff. And the problem is there's people out there that will gladly tell you more about it. But where are they getting their information? It's not from God. Many times it's of the devil. Many times he's transforming himself into an angel of light. He's talking like he's got all these good things that he wants to show you and share with you. And it just ends up being a trap to get Christians caught up in things that just Christians should have nothing to do with. Consider the sources on these things. Check their beliefs. Check the fruit of these things. Every one of those things will, it will protect you from becoming a freak and becoming a weirdo 
and satanic practices. So with that, let's pray to your Lord. I thank you.